It's your boy Back at it again Yo, test, test, that's a test Welcome. Welcome to Millennial Sorry Not Sorry Podcast. I wanted to create a podcast that not only embodied hard work, um, diversity, um, diversity in industry, diversity, diversity in gender, but diversity in race but diversity in, in the way that people think I think that's today's world it's hard to find people who aren't afraid to think because with social media a lot of times we we think and we believe that we're believing in something that was thought up on our own but really are we really think about it you read something every day wake up the first thing you want to do is go and check the social media you want to go see what someone posted or what someone liked about yours what's the news that you believe in so you're hearing all these different opinions every day and the thing is anybody can post an opinion you can post an opinion. Your pastor can post an opinion. Your friends post opinions. Politicians post opinions. Lobbyists post opinions. <laughs> and a lot of people are just trying to use social media to make money. So whatever's going to bring you to their page or to them, they're going to say. Whatever works, they're going to use it. Because there's nothing they're going to do help you a lot of times a lot of it they're doing it to help themselves so whether it's the truth or not they're gonna say it I it took me a minute to you know kind of make a decision on what I wanted the first episode of millennial not sorry or millennial sorry not sorry to be only because I wanted it to be impactful out the gate so paying attention to social media, I've noticed a lot of people have t- taken a liking to being entrepreneurs. There's a lot of new entrepreneurs because of this, you know, because of COVID has taken people jobs or you know, put you in a place where you need to make money and you can't rely on a corporation. So what do you do? You become an entrepreneur. A lot of people didn't, they, they didn't want to be entrepreneurs. It's not something they had in mind to do. They were thrown into it. Like people making masks. It started out just making masks for the family. And then a friend of the family was like, hey, can they make me one too? Before you know it, they had a business making thousands of dollars a month making masks for churches and making masks for schools and and, uh, so on and so on. So, um, not everybody had aspirations of being an entrepreneur. So thinking about that, I thought, hey, let's make the first episode about entrepreneurship. Let's bring on an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur at that, someone who, you know, this is what they do. And, uh, yeah, I know this guy. He happened to be my brother. But he's a genius. I think he's a genius. He wouldn't say he's a genius because he's an entrepreneur. And you know he's, you know he's he's really humble about who he is and what he does. But, but before we get into that, what is an entrepreneur? You know, so the definition of entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses, taking on greater than normal financial risk in order to do so. Right. Risk. A lot of people aren't willing to take those risks, especially if it's financial. They want a safe thing, and that's okay. And that's what you're taught. 
especially in school and when you go to college, you want the safe bet. But what if you want more out of life? You want more than what a job can offer you. You want to do it quicker than what a job can give you. Do you become an entrepreneur? That comes with you in birth or something that can be um, that can be nurtured? Yeah, I think it's both. I think sometimes people just have it. They just have an entrepreneurial spirit. And they always are always thinking of ways to do and be more. But others, it's nurtured in them slowly. They may not even recognize it. And then one day, something just wakes up. Boom. And the entrepreneur, they're serving a need. They're, they're, they are taking care of something, a pain that other people have. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes people don't even know that they're having this problem, that they're getting solved. But other times, you know this problem is being solved, like an umbrella. Range, you need an umbrella. But other things, you know, that you don't know that you need, like social media. People don't know that they need social media to connect at first. It just became that, you know. Now it's, it's a moneymaker. So those risks that you take, you know, no, a lot of people's not willing to take those risks. But a true entrepreneur sees risk as opportunity. So, welcome to the show. I hope that you love this episode. I put a lot of hard work into it, so I, I'm pretty sure you will. And here we go, millennial. Sorry, not sorry. Entrepreneur. life of an entrepreneur just you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. I mean it's like I would have anxiety in the past because Saturday would come and it would go like that yeah and then Sunday would come and then Monday would hit me but you know you know what's whack about like the five day work, work week mm-hmm. it's it's designed to not be enough yeah but you know all know Monday is the most unproductive day of the week. Wednesday being the most productive, so it almost it peaks to Wednesday. Yeah. That's why people say home day, mm-hmm. and then it just drops off. So Friday you're getting nothing done. Well, I don't work on Mondays. Okay. And the reason I don't work on Mondays is because, which I, I do work on Mondays, but I choose to work on Mondays when I want to work on Mondays. But the main reason that I I don't work on Mondays is because Sunday you. Sunday to me is like, I don't know what it is. It's built into the day. Like, if you believe in God, you, you, you believe something about Sundays. If you don't believe in God, you're an atheist. Like, I still feel like it's, it's like baked a restart. into the, Yeah, somebody. It's just a chill, Yeah, you believe something day. about Sunday. Like, yeah. That's the reason why they put, like, the world's entertainment on Sundays. Yeah. Like, football. Okay, exactly. So, my whole point with that being is if Sunday is the most chill day, but Monday is, like, the day when, like, everyone's trying to get the week started like yeah. hard. Like yeah. let's get a start, week start. It's like it's like oxymorons. It's like the opposite. It's a yin and yang. Yeah. So being so relaxed Sunday and going into a Monday and all my clients like emailing me and all this stuff I got to deal with, it was too too much. Yeah. I said, oh, well, since I can make the rules, I'm not working Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> but doesn't that make like your Tuesday the new Monday? No, because what always happens is is what they're, they're always. I'm tricking my mind into yeah. saying that I don't work on Mondays, but what I do is I ease into Monday. Yeah. Then I get some things done. So you, you go so in, I, check the emails. I you might not respond the, to them. Yeah, I fade into Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. You know? Actually, that's kind of smart. Yeah. I think you may be on something. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may have like created something that like the world needs to like know. Well, you know you heard it? I heard somebody else say they need a day in between every day. Man, that'll be the longest.
this weekend. I know. It's the fight. I mean, if you think about it. So basically, they're saying, like, you work a day off a day, yeah. work a day off they a day. They said every day. I seen a day just to recharge from the day before to get into the next day. But we already have that. Yeah. It's like there's always a day in between a day. Yeah. But it's just funny because that's, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> you know, so it's to be so, funny. So being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and making a way for yourself, of course, like, it's agonizing. I'm mm-hmm. like, but it's great at the same time. So for those days, like you said, that you need to recharge from, like, how do you keep yourself motivated to just keep going? Because you've been what you've been you've been working for yourself how long? Eight years. Eight years. That's a, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy when I even say it out loud. So what keeps you motivated? I think it's built in to the people who last that long. So for to last so it's eight just, years, it's just, it's just there. You just, it was gonna be you anyway. Yeah, it, yeah, and that might be one of those things where it's like for people who like don't have motivation, it might be one of those things where like I don't have a good answer of like how I stay motivated. I think it's just there. Yeah. Um, but the thing that motivated me to be an entrepreneur, I mean, I think there was two major things that got me started, and and as I progressed through my life of being an entrepreneur, other things became more important. Yeah. Number one was obviously the, the fact that you can make as much money as you possibly can. Yeah. Like, like you're in control of what, of what you do that what day. What you do that day. But no, that part is the other part. The, I'm talking about the, the, there's no limit. Like when you go work at a yeah, job. Yeah, there's a Yeah, there's a yeah, there's, Exactly. Yeah. Right? So to make more money, you got to become a manager. Exactly. There's already a manager. Exactly. So unless that person quit or get fired, yeah. you're stuck where you are. And you ain't going to make more money than the owner. Yeah. No. Right? And the second thing is what you just kind of led to when you said, I, I can be off Mondays if I want. Yeah. You have that freedom. Now, it didn't start off like that. When I first started doing it, it was I, I worked more than I did if I worked at a job. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and, you know. In, you but know, it was yours, though. Yeah. When there's it still was mine. Yeah, it's something put, when it's something put in place. Yeah. And you just got to get plugged into the infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. You're going to do less. Yeah. Exactly. But when it's yours and you don't have an infrastructure and you're building that, mm-hmm. it's almost like an, it becomes an if and you I may be wrong, but it, it becomes like a, a, an obsession. Yeah. I, 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 you're always thinking about it. Yeah. Now you're at the point where you you can be like, mm, I'm taking Monday off. Yeah. I take Mondays off. Yeah. And I, you train your clients to know that. Yeah. So even if they want to work, they can't. Well, I, and I think that like when you okay, so if you offer a service and you have like. You're like an entrepreneur who does things with clients, like you have clients, whatever industry yeah. you're in. You always go through that shedding of clients. So you you, you go for the money, right? So whoever is going to pay you, you yeah. go for yeah. Which sometimes is not the best clients. Then we, you, all, we all had Yeah, those. and we've had conversations <laughs> about that, right? Yeah, we the, all had those, bro. The worst clients ever, but yeah. they paid you, but almost like the, the, the money wasn't worth it. Yeah. Then you start to find something else. You're like, okay, I care more about like how I'm treated, and I care more about this. Okay, I want clients like this. Yeah. And then you go through that phase, and then you find a balance of like, okay, I've, I I want this out of a client. I want this amount of money, but I also want peace and, you know, I want my I don't want I want a peaceful yeah. relationship with these people. Yeah. And I want to be able to set the ground rules. I didn't know I had to set ground rules, so you, you implement that. And, and that's then, one thing. People. Because they don't, they're trying to get a result. Yeah. So to get that result, they don't care about, you're not human anymore. Yeah. You are a machine. Yeah. Once I hire you, you are a machine. Yeah. But like you said, you have to like remind your clients like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm not just this thing that you use yeah. to get a result. I'm actually a human yeah. outside of yeah. this result. Yeah. And what you, it's, it's crazy. You got to yeah. remind people that. Yeah. Because they will call you at 12 o'clock in the oh, morning. they will. They will. And I also feel like it's hard. You don't know that until you get that client. Yeah. You'll be like, I ain't doing this no more. Yeah. You know, I ain't, this ain't how I'm about to do it. Because once how you come in is really how you got to pretty much the whole thing. If you say, I'm, I'm available at any time, just yeah. call me. Yeah. Oh, they're going to test that. Oh, yeah. Well, especially <laughs> when I feel like, and I think a lot of that comes to the, the a reason I think everyone goes through that is because when you're first starting off, you're there's too much stuff to learn. As far as like being an entrepreneur, there's like so much stuff. Like everything, everything's everyone says like on Instagram or social media about being an entrepreneur. 
is not true yeah. for the no, most yeah. part. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's not glamorous. It's clickbait. It, it's not glamorous at first. It no. can be glamorous no, when yeah. you set up your foundation, yeah, but yeah. it's not glamorous at first. I think the 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 main reason why we get bad clients, and I think I can speak for myself, but I've I know so many entrepreneurs, is because at first we want to earn money. Yeah. Which is the most important thing when you're entrepreneurs. Like, I need to make money. So what do you do? You you try to make yourself the most attractive person so people say, oh, this dude, he's flexible. Every time I text him, he responds. Yeah. Every time he calls, I responds, right? Because you, 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 you that's what you want to be. If you go to somebody and you say, well, I don't work on the weekends. Don't, I don't, I'm not going to respond to any emails. And actually, and I told my clients this, I only respond to emails once a day. So that means that, you know, I, because I'm working and I have my weeks planned out, I only re- check my emails once a day. So if it's an emergency, text me, right? And you start to, they start to realize, okay, so he's, he's setting up ground rules. Yeah. If it's something that I need to get some information and I email him, He's not don't, I'm not going to expect him to respond. To respond today, yeah. But if I know it's an emergency and I don't want to use all my silver bullets, I'm going to text them. And then from there, if they, if they abuse it, then you can have a conversation, right? But what you end up learning when you have worked with people, you start to learn the problems that you really solve. Yeah. And when you concentrate on that at first, when you talk to a client, you say, here, this is what I'm going to do for you. And when we're done, this is what you're going to be able to do with what I do. At that point, that's all they care about. They don't care about texting you on the weekends and call, you know, getting yeah, you to do work yeah, at night. Yeah. They don't care about that. All they care about is that. Pro- and you, and when you do that, they say this is the guy I want to go to because this guy is actually going to solve the problem. Yeah. So, so to me, I think. But you don't learn. You, I'm, I'm, I'm eight years in. Yeah. I learned that like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to get your butt kicked a couple yeah, times. Like, because at first, the money is more important. Yeah. Than it peace. Is. It is. The money is more important than peace. It is. So going back and, you know, obviously that was a, you know, it, it takes something like a bug, something mm-hmm. to get you sparked, mm-hmm. like started into being like an entrepreneur and, and being able to notice. Yeah. Yeah. Get that. Get it. I should have killed it before. There's some haters. That's all right. <laughs> Hater real life. Hater nats. This is millennial uh, life. Just Buzzing around doing what they want to yeah, do. Yeah, just do what they want to do. Just living life. Floating. So what was like the first, like. I gotta, I'm gonna say fail because I, I 100 that it failed. Oh yeah, everything fails. Like, unless you have people that's like, "Hey, I'm gonna come to you and with a team mm-hmm. and money, and this is what we're doing. This is what you gotta do. Your business is gonna fail. Mm-hmm. Unless that's happening, it's yeah. gonna fail. Yeah. I don't care how much money you throw at it. If it ain't working, it ain't working. I mean, you know I hope, I hope everybody's businesses that they start, everybody's first, I hope, second bit, I hope they fail. But you know shit. I, I hope all y'all business, whoever's listening to this, I hope yeah, everything I hope, you do yeah. fails for the first couple of years. Trust yeah. me. Because you need it. You, you learn. The, the learning behind it. it. You need it. And the couple people, the few people who do do businesses for the first time and it, and it works immediately, mm-hmm. I think, and I'm not hating, so I know it's going to sound like a hater. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have a unfair expectations of what business is. I agree. So then they go around acting like this shit don't stink. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They're they act like they're prodigies mm-hmm. to to everything that happened. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you're not a prodigy. What happened was it was an anomaly on yeah. something that you yeah. that of a, uh, like you said, like you were saying before, you a pain that you were able to solve. Yeah. I mean, everyone wins a lottery. Yeah, it was a anomaly. Not everyone, was, but yeah, somebody got to yeah, win. A somebody got to win. Somebody got to so win. So it was an anomaly of that. Yeah. So now you walking around thinking that you know you're you're gold. You're like, yeah. oh, I could do whatever I touch is gold. Yeah. So what was that first thing that gave you that bug of like that entrepreneurship? Like, hey, you know what? This is for me. Well, so I know the specific thing that did that. Um, I will. The only part I would add is entrepreneurship was always kind of like inherently there for me yeah. just because of my family. What, what does that mean? So both my grandfathers are entrepreneurs. Okay. My grandfather on my mom's side, so my mom's dad had a company company called Communitronics. He was a military vet, moved from Indiana to California, wanted a better life for his kids. He had, so my mom, it's like, my, it's like eight kids. Yeah. So my mom has seven brothers and sisters basically. Um, there's four boys, four girls. They move from Indiana to um, to California. He starts a company called Communitronics. Um, 
he owned cell phone. T- this is at the beginning. He owned cell yeah. phone repeater towers Especially in the mountains. Then, it's like yep. So cell phones so, were nothing. So people were doing cell phone service through like it was like a reseller thing, but yeah. they were going through like through him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he had he had like I mean we, I remember going to the shop called the shop, and he had all these guys doing electronics and fixing boards and stuff like that and just installing car rate like anything yeah. to do with like electronics yeah um and he all my my mom and her brothers and sisters were raised in a great part of california from him having a business and then my uncles and my aunts went off all and did that start doing and their then own on thing. my uh, then on my dad's side my my grandfather also a military vet moved from philadelphia to california um, in Philadelphia, they had a record shop, him and my grandma. And then he's always, since I can remember, has been talking about businesses and things like that. Yeah. So that is always kind of been there. And then, but the first time I was 19, I was in California and I was at my grandma's house and I was, um, watching this infomercial. It was like three o'clock in the morning and it was a, <laughs> the, the infamous yeah. infomercial. You can do it too. Yeah. And it was, it was basically like. The best way to explain it, it was like a Shopify store. Before Shopify. Before Shopify. It was basically like, you get this store. We set it up for you. you. We set it up for you. Pick products, wherever you want to sell. Got wholesale products. I ended up picking golf clubs. And that was the first thing. Made some business cards. Was in California. Came back to Ohio. to. St- so she bought it for me. Yeah. I'm 19 years old. So she bought it She bought it for me. Um, I don't know, like, you know, three payments or whatever, you know. Yeah. So she bought this little thing for me. And... I came back to Ohio and started it here. I was trying to sell golf clubs. Like, how did that work out? Like your first time, like knowing nothing, like no pitching, no, no, like anything. Okay, so the great thing about it is knowing the like, the, no social media. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, it was like trying to like door to door, kind of door to door, like going to people that you know. First of all, I didn't think about like the market. So these these are like no name golf clubs. Yeah, like no one knows them. So. I'm not. I'm thinking. I'm not thinking about the product. You're thinking about people golf. I'm thinking about people golf, right? Yeah. So no one cares about no. First of all, if you're a golfer, you want Callaway. Yeah, you want something yeah. Titleist. Yeah, you want yeah, something. Yeah. You want something name brand. Yeah. So if you're willing to get some cheap golf clubs, it's almost like you're not even targeting people who are really. You're talking about people who want to try golf. Yeah. So I didn't understand that. So I'm going to like golfers, fr- friends getting me meetings with their dad. Like, you know, because they're our friends, dads, yeah, yeah, are, they're, yeah. they're entertaining it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, we did not sell not one golf club. <laughs> so. And the thing is, is that I'm not laughing at you. I wasn't deterred, though, after yeah. that. Because I'm sure if you had a team of people and you can kind of, you know, finesse it, it could have worked. Mm-hmm. Like, were you on your own then or you had people? Yeah, I remember, I remember our, our friend Rod was helping me. Um. I think because I didn't want to do it by myself. Yeah. Uh, partners is a different thing than a team, though. Partners, when I think of business partners, this is people who are, like, kind of taking the risk with you. Yeah. When I think about a team, I think you're taking the risk. You're just hiring them on. You're hiring like, on. To even, do what you ask them but to do. Even, even, but e- there, it depends. Because if it's, like, more like a startup, mm-hmm. they're still, you're taking the risk. But, like, they're still kind of, like, coming on early enough where like they're kind of like wearing multiple hats and they're like yeah i mean and this happens with a lot of companies where like the first 20 employees get paid out when a company gets sold yeah it's like the 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 first group of people that went on to instagram on facebook bought it same thing with um tumblr yeah uh the first it was like the first 20 employees i think yahoo bought tumblr they all were like 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 they got all got like 200 some thousand or something more than that because, but they were still employees. Yeah. So I think it depends, but partner, I think it's different for everyone because I know for a fact, especially now, especially with the type of person I am, is I am a, I'm a starter. I don't need any motivation. I can start anything. I can convince anybody to be a part of something. I can sell anybody on the idea of anything. I'm just not a great executor. Yeah. It so was, that's when it, a team comes into play. I, yeah. I need the people to keep it going. I need the people yeah. to like do the day to day. So, when it comes to a team, are you hiring this team? Are they their self motivated team, or you have to sell them on the dream too? Then you got to sell, especially because because nothing I do is established. So any ideas I have, any businesses I yeah. I start, 
because I, you know, me, I like start multiple businesses. I got to, the first group of people, it's like, I got to sell them because yeah. there's nothing, it's not like you come to like a set up thing. Like I'm, I'm hire you to help me set it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just got to believe in my vision. And I think that's kind of like how it always is for me. So you just got to pretty much quarterback the whole thing. You got to quarterback the whole thing. Um, but just like, just a quarterback, a quarterback can't make a touchdown by himself. Yeah. True. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, even though I'm calling the plays, it's like I need every I need other people. And and here's the thing, I I realized that I've known that for a long time because there's some really great books out there and resources that talk about that, how to scale your business, the fact that you need a team. I mean, I've done these like con- these uh, personality tests, like business personality tests, yeah. and they all come back the same. They all say you're a person who needs a team yeah. because you're like a CEO type person, but you need a COO. You need this type of person because all I can do is cast a vision and then I get bored. Yeah. I get, it's not like I get bored of the business. I get bored yeah, of the day to day. And two, your, your mind to, is always working. Yeah. What's the next on, thing we can oh, yeah, do? On something creative. Yeah, yeah. What's the next thing? And it's like literally, it's to the point where I can feel it happening. Yeah. I'll be excited about something one day. The next day I can feel it leaving. And then after getting, that, it's like, it's, like, it's on it's, to the next Yep. Thing. But yeah. if I have a team, it's like I'm excited about the next marketing idea. Especially ex- when you know it's a great idea. Yeah. That's the part that hurt the most. Yeah. When you know it's a great idea, but you can't stay excited for it. Yeah. And and you know, it's funny. I always hear people say, I got this great idea. And I'm like, well, what is it? I, mean, I can't tell you. I want you stealing it. I don't think you understand like the motivation it takes for me to steal your yeah. your exactly. passion. Your idea. Yeah. It 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 would especially me being where I am. Yeah. I would need millions of dollars. Yeah. Just go in and execute your idea yeah. with with no passion. I think it's very rare for somebody to have a great idea in business unless they've, they've bumped their heads for a while. And what does that mean? Explain that. So I know there's some people out there that started businesses, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, so-and-so's business, um, so-and-so's business just um, blew up. Oh, my gosh. And they don't realize if they actually went and talked to that person, that person trying been to doing it for they've been a while. they've been yeah. trying to do businesses. Yeah. Even if they work like it didn't it, happen overnight. Even if they worked a corporate job. Yeah, they pivoted a couple they, times. They've been trying to do yeah. stuff on the side. They've been having arguments with their wife. Yeah. And it's because, like you said, it's like, all right, so even though you have a good idea, th- for example, Instagram. Yeah. If the people would have pitched me, if the if those dude, the dudes that started Instagram came to me and said, here's an idea you can steal. And they said it. I'd be like, I don't want to do that shit. Yeah, I don't even want to do that. Yeah, that's, oh, so you want to make another Facebook? Because here's because here's, <laughs> here's a thing. Because even though an idea is good, and I come up with a bunch of good ideas. Oh yeah. And the reason I think I come up with good ideas is because number one, I understand how to do market research. I understand target audience. I understand sometimes that like this is a great idea, but I have no passion. For this thing. Yeah. So I'll never be able to execute it because I don't care about the people. I don't care about the problem. I don't care about the pro. I don't care about nothing about this. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I meant. Is passion like one of the main ingredients? No. So passion is not the flower? Because an entrepreneur isn't necessarily. That's if to me, I think passion comes from somebody who's trying to build like an apple. Okay. Right. But just to be an entrepreneur, you don't have to have any passion. You could be, you can be the best dog shit picker upper in the world. Yeah, I don't think no one has a passion for picking up dog shit. I think it's more. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know. <laughs> I was trying to like find a hole in what you was gonna say, mm-hmm. so I could like have a rebuttal. Mm-hmm. But like, you're right. Yeah. No one wants to pick up shit. No one wants to pick up. If shit. somebody tell me I'm passionate about that, yeah. I'll, I'll call bullshit. But you know what they could be? They passionate about. Making their customers happy. Yeah, they're yeah. passionate about seeing them checks go up in their bank account. Yeah, they're passionate about having somebody say, "Yeah, I want to use your services for the next year." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're passionate about building something. Yeah, getting their getting their vehicle with their wrap on it. That that they're proud that they're driving around. They have five of them now. They're passionate about bringing them on, on employees. So I think passion could be a part of it, but I don't think passion is the thing that can make somebody a, a, a good entrepreneur. I think passion comes to me. The pa- when the passion is important is when you're trying to you're trying to build something that is like D 
difficult. You're trying yeah. to go into a realm where you got to educate people. Like, for example, I go, I use Apple a lot. I use Elon Musk. What 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 Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak did is convince regular people that they can they should buy a two thousand dollar computer for yeah. their home. Yeah. And back then, no one needed a personal computer. Yeah. Well, they didn't know that they needed a personal computer until these dudes come along and say, "Oh, you didn't know you need this? Yeah. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why you need it. Yeah. So that's where passion comes because. I feel like there's a lot, a lot of. I mean, Elon Musk, with the, you know, with the companies he starts, Tesla and things like that. It's like he convinced, he convinced governments and local governments to say, okay, you, okay, you can have a car that drives, and people don't have to have a hand on a wheel. You could fine. You can have a car that drives itself. Fine. Yeah. yeah fine. Yeah. Fine. Elon, you could do it. You could do it. Airbnb. People that start Airbnb. Like, fine. You, you want to have people in your home? In your, your home? home? Yeah, fine. fine. Yeah. Right? That, to I me, think, but I, that takes passion. I, but in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think it was, that was an easier sell than a self-driving car. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I think the pitch for that was yeah. you already rent your home out anyway. I agree with you. I do. This think is just a daily pitch. rent. Yeah. You already have hotels. Yeah. But the guys that started Airbnb, those guys, that was their first thing. It wasn't their first thing. They did a lot. Of, they did stuff. Before and I that. saw their pitch. Their pitch was uh, like their first round. Yeah, it was like immaculate. Yeah, well, they went through Y Combinator yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, but, but again, those are those. I guarantee. If, well, I mean, there's podcasts you can listen to their story, but if you dig, they tell you there's ideas. I think the one I can't remember the one dude had like uh, one this product that he started. He had like a thousand of them in his garage from a previous business yeah. that didn't. Didn't it didn't work? Yeah. So I just feel like that again to me is like you got to go through that failure. But going back to your um, cake, I don't know if you want to continue go with your cake or yeah. you just were trying to talk about pa- the passion part. Well, yeah. So what's the part? What What are you putting in the bowl? So passion isn't going there. That's like a specialty. A specialty. Yeah, I think passion, that's like that's like, that's like frosting. That's fruit yeah, frosting. Yeah, 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 at the end. It's impossible for anybody to solve their own problems because even me as an entrepreneur who likes to solve problems, I have problems. Yeah. That I, I do I do business with other people, buy other products, do other things, so these people can solve my problems. Yeah. So I just feel like it's a ever going it's a it's a forever business yeah. business yeah. model because yeah. everyone has problems. So that to me is where you start. Is like fuck your idea. Can we cuss on this podcast? Yeah, man. This is this is not a a, a family show. Okay. So, <laughs> so, fuck your logo. Fuck any other thing that you think. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. Who's coming with me? Yeah, listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you and my girlfriend. The Jer- no. That Jerry Maguire? I'm gay as hell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, no, no. That was, uh, that was Half-Baked. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. but he took that from Oh, he took that from me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew, I knew yeah, part yeah, of it was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, with my girlfriend, <laughs> I'm, I'm gay as shit. I may watch it with my kids, by the way. Um, <laughs> half bake or Greg Gary Maguire? Half bake. Yeah. Um, no, I got a. I I I had a sneaker watch in high school. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But anyway, I think that solving. I think that's what I think that's what I was saying. Solving problems for people is the first thing that you need to understand. If you want to be an entrepreneur, because here's yeah. the thing, entrepreneurs doesn't mean that you don't work at a job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You might have to it's, work that. To nine me, to it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Right. You're an entrepreneurial type person, because here's the thing. How do you progress at your job? You solve problems for your boss. Yeah. The people, if you want to move up in a company, you solve problems for them. Yeah. You make yeah. their life easier. Get all, oh, you know what? I always call on so-and-so because, you know, you know what? Hey, can you leave this new project? Hey man, I got the, there's this opening somewhere. I put your name in it because you're perfect for it because you solve all these problems for me all the time. Yeah. So it never stops solving problems. That's how you be, that's how you make friends. That's how you do networking. That's how you get. That's how you make your fiance's father like you. <laughs> solve a problem for him. Yeah. yeah. So to me, that's in the ball right there. Sol- solving problems. Okay. Right. There's a series of dominoes that you have to knock down. First, you have to knock down a domino of them understanding that they do have a problem. Right, you have to. Then once you you knock that domino down, right? You gotta make them insecure. You gotta. But but that can even be you know depending on your strategy that can be a part of letting them know they have the the problem. Right. The the other part of it is under is letting them is 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 knocking down a domino of of them knowing that what you're offering can solve their problem. Yeah. 
once you get there, it's easy to get there for a lot of people. Then it's like, okay, well, there's competition. There's this, uh, what about these people over here? What about the, they sell the same thing? You got to sell yourself now. Right? So now it is whether you sell yourself, sell the product, or whatever you're selling, a big part of it is there's two. There's, Why you need me. There's, there's two things that, that happen in a person's mind. There's a logical part of their brain that is weighing the options. There's an emotional part of their brain. Okay? And people want to know that the money that they're going to give you is basically, this is what they call perceived value, right? Yeah. So I'm selling this for $25 more than they're selling it, <clears throat> right? Because I understand my competition and I know who's selling everything that I'm, like, who's competing with my product or service, I know that I have this thing which I call X Factor, or you can call it Purple Cow, which is a great book by Seth Godin, which is basically that thing that makes your product remarkable or that thing that is different about your product or service that no one else is that has at that moment. Yeah. No one else is doing. Yeah. And it can't be like, it gotta be, it, it can't, it has to be something that, that like is going to essentially add to solving that problem. Right. Right. It can't just throw something in because it's not remarkable. It's like, oh, well, and it can't be something that people can just do, right? So it's like, oh yeah, we we give you an extra couple bags with the with the order. Well, all they gotta do is just say, okay, they're giving extra. Let's get four. It can't be like that, yeah. right? It has to be like, oh, you well, you know, you know the guy who who's gonna consult with you. He is a guy who spent twenty years in the industry, and he comes from so and so so and so company. Yeah. Oh, he comes from so and so. Yeah. So he has twenty years experience. Um, and the the, the he here. Oh, if you look at the wall. Those five people that just came in, he made them a million dollars. What? They can't copy that. Yeah. So whatever that is, they can't copy it. But the owner, so to me, I just feel like you understand that there's an emotional part of it and there's a logical part. How much does it cost? Okay. Is it going to last? Is it going to work? Um, have you done it for other people? That's where testimonials come in, right? Yeah. Why do you have the authority to sell this product or service? Yeah. Like, why is, should I get it from you? Well, guess what? Everything's made in America. We've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, my grandfather came over on the on a thing and did it and learned how to do it on a thing over to, in, in Italy, right? Yeah, right. You, you, that's the type of stuff that you need to put in place so that now you got their logical part of their mind. The emotional part is, but imagine you woke up tomorrow and that thing was there that you wanted. Imagine what your kids would say. Imagine you walk up, look in the garage, and it's there shining in your garage. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine no more gas. Yeah. How are they gonna make you feel? How are they gonna make you feel? When your when oh, your you're right. When your neighbors see exactly. you pulling out of the drive. That's the emotional side, yeah. right? The only way that you can you can do that. And if you was black, imagine <laughs> you stunting on the house. No. Imagine stunting on that boy. All right, so you get into coming a, down. You get into the point I'm trying to make. The <laughs> only way you can know that is if you if you actually know the target audience you're trying to talk to. And to me, if that's if all that stuff comes into play, I'm the best salesman on earth. Yeah. I can sell it on a website, I can sell it in person, I can sell it over the phone, I can sell it with a flyer, I can sell it with a video, I can sell it any way I need to sell it. I can sell it at a seminar, a webinar, YouTube video, it don't matter, because you know why? I know who I'm talking to, I know what they want, and I know what they're doing over here. Okay, so you've started the comp started companies that failed. What when did you a lot. Yeah. So what company did you come across when you was like, This is working? Like you know what I'm saying? Oh, I, can tell. I know exactly. And he was like, this is working, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I even I, I wasn't ready for the success. Yeah, I, could, I know exactly. What, what is it? All right. <clears throat> so this is, okay, so the weird thing about this is this is the first company I started full, like, full time. Full time, yeah. So this is about eight years ago. And I was, you know, for the, I guess just to fill people in, like, my main background, the the main way I make money, is mark. I, I I'm a marketer. I'm right. a brander. I'm a designer. I'm a consultant. So I help other people start their businesses. You help business. them skip the mistakes that you are exactly. Yeah. So so that's kind of like my. But I have like other businesses that I do that have nothing to do with that that are my businesses. Yeah. Because I know how to market and brand and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, I was. I was working for an insurance company. I was in the marketing department, right? So I was still in that industry. This is in California. 
one of the hardest jobs I ever had because pre- previous to that, I worked at Apple, which is one of the best jobs I ever had. But this job is where I've made the most money. But I worked for somebody. And I worked for an insurance company in California that was owned by one man. And he had eight offices all the way, all through Southern California, all up to San Francisco. He was a multimillionaire. And he had about 400 agents, right? And I, my, he, my desk was right next to his office. And he was a hard, he was a Mexican, Mexican-American, very hard worker. I just like, 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 I'm not saying just all Mexican-Americans are hard worker. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm basically saying that the dude wasn't a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would, he, the dude, he was Mexican. He came, was it, was he? No, he was from, born here. Uh, born here. He was okay. born here. He was born here. Was his parents from here too? Or? I'm pretty sure he's first generation. Okay. So, you know, his mom and. Dad. And that always adds like an extra element, yeah, especially the, when you see your parents yeah, like struggling yeah. to make sure that you become something. Yeah, and I don't know if that's what the I don't know if they I don't know that part of the story. Yeah. I do. I'm just pretty sure he was first generation, and I knew the dude was a real he was in a real estate, he had properties all over California. I mean, the dude was like very wealthy. Yeah, but he was also one of those people that was so involved in his business, but he wasn't involved to the point like which is a problem when people are too involved in their business. Like when you have like 400 agents. Yeah, his yeah. job was to keep his agents happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't trying to. He didn't need to do day to day stuff. Yeah. His job was to keep his agents happy. The problem is, is that I was in the marketing department, and the way the company was set up, which was kind of brilliant, and I don't know if other insurance companies or other companies have set up like this, but he had his own in house marketing department, and his agents were like mini business owners. Yeah. So they were under his company, but they had their own regions. They had their own like 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 territories. And they had so like they we would have we would make them business cards and we would make them flyers and posters and they would make so you were making flyers and posters for four hundred people yeah so the way it would work is they would submit a ticket and we had a te- we had templates for everything yeah. right and so they'll pick the template that they want yeah put all the information it, on they, it well it was a template it was like a brand yeah so it was like the business card everyone's business cards looked the same but they would send us their photo because everybody's business card had their photo on it okay so we had to like cut them out. Right, and put them in a corner, like they're like they're like headshot. Put them out, like it was like. But then once you did that for that one agent, when they order business cards, you just reorder their business cards. Yeah, you didn't have to like keep making stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? All the flyers were the same, all the posters were the same. It just would be yeah, their it, name, their yeah, number, yeah, stuff yeah, like uniform, that. Uniform, just yeah, yeah, plugging them in. Okay. So, but they would submit tickets, right? So imagine very hungry people trying to make money. Just always submit tickets, always trying to get flyers. Yeah, they want to, that new stuff. They want that yeah. new stuff, they, right? They, they want, new. yeah, I need new more business cards. I pass yeah. all my business cards, right? So the, our, the marketing department is small, so we'd be always behind on tickets. Yeah. So his job was like, my agents, if my agents ain't making money, I ain't making money. So he'd be coming out, and he wasn't, he was like, he was like a, a straight matter of the fact, like, like, like you could tell, like, he wasn't trying to be your friend. Yeah. So I worked there for, I worked there for, um, and here's the funny thing about it. I worked at Apple here in Ohio, moved my family to California because that's where I wanted to be. Was struggling. Finally got this job. Started making some money. It was super stressful. I was working Saturdays, Monday through Friday, I was working Saturday and staying late. And because we had a we were also had a print shop in the back. Yeah. So we not only did we design the business cards, but we made the business cards. We printed them. We cut them. We had a cutter. We printed them out on cardstock. I mean, people are thinking like, you didn't go to a printing company? We were the printing yeah, company. We were him, right. <laughs> so everything that we designed, we made. The post the only thing was the posters. We had a shop that that would do the posters and drop them off. So we would have to order the posters and stuff like that. Um, we had agents all over California. So we're like shipping things. So they'd be having like, okay, I have like this uh seminar uh sat uh, f- uh Monday. So we would have to get it done, get it shipped, overnight it. Like, it was like sometimes people stuff would, wouldn't be getting their stuff. And yeah. the reason we would get in trouble is because they would email the um, the, the owner. owner. Yeah. You know, so, like, we I mean, get I didn't, I didn't get my things. Yeah. So, long story short, uh, I come into work one day. Um, he's sitting at the desk across from me, and he has this envelope in his hand. And his nephew, which Victor... I love this. Victor, I love the dude. Victor was his nephew, and Victor is the one who was in charge of the marketing department. Victor wasn't there because him and Victor used to go at it, and he would send Victor home. So I come into work, he would send Victor home. <laughs> go home, Victor. 
my grandmother just died a week before this. Mm-hmm. And he basically says, hey, man, sorry, I got to fire you. So I come, he gives me a check. He's like, yeah, sorry. Just think I'm going a different direction with this marketing thing. It wasn't Victor's fault. I just think that, like, Victor was the charge of the marketing department, and it just, we was just behind on so much stuff. We wasn't quick enough, and we couldn't keep up with it. So got fired. Horrible six months. All of a sudden, I get a call from the number. Six months later, I get a call. Secretary's like, hey, do you want to come back? Would you Would you be willing to come back? I'm thinking, like, I remember me and my wife were in Beverly Hills at our favorite little, and I know I'm gonna explain that too. Yeah. So we in Beverly Hills at our favorite little Chinese little restaurant it's called Chin Chin. It's okay. it's right it's right by Rodeo Drive. We sit outside there all the time, and people don't realize that like when you live in California, like we would drive to like California, like Beverly Hills, like we live like about an hour from Beverly Hills and all that fun stuff. So just drive in. We just drive in. We yeah. just drive in, doing stuff for free, going to Starbucks, yeah, getting cupcakes. Chin Chin, you go there. It's like just because it's Beverly Hills, I mean, it's like five thousand dollars. It's yeah. like just like going to any restaurant. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like going to Applebee's. It's like Applebee's prices, right? So it was a Chin Chin. My phone rings. Would you? Because I remember I seen the number. My heart dropped. But I don't know why, but because it, it couldn't have been. I didn't yeah. work there. Yeah. What's it going to yeah. tell me? Like you're fired again? But it's just like that memory. <laughs> we just want to let you know that you're still fired. <laughs> so she was like, so the secretary was like, yeah, Henry wants you to come back. You know. Victor, you you know, you're going to be working with Victor again. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. It's like, when can you come in? I was like, I can come in, like, ASAP, right? So I come in. Victor ain't there. They tell me Victor is not coming back. I've never seen Victor. I've never seen Victor again. He was like, he's like, D, you're in charge now. So I'm in charge of this marketing department, which we sucked last time I worked there. And I wasn't even the main dude. And you know what's just to cut you off real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Cut me off. You said, Victor's not there. And I've never seen him ever again. Would they narcoed him? I know. <laughs> <laughs> they narcoed Victor. Hey. I'm sorry, guys. That was that's probably bad taste. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. That was like some internal family stuff. <laughs> I will say this. Something happened to me. I don't know what it was. Something transformed to me because now I was the direct person that Henry was going to come to. And... I busted my butt. I learned. I got better. So when they hired you back on, did they were they paying you more? Yeah, they were paying me more. Okay, they were okay. paying me more. Um, but so you must have been doing something that made them be like, "Hey, let's call him back." I don't. You know what I think it was? I think it was because I understood how to design the process for, already for the process of yeah. designing for an insurance company. Yeah. Because there's a lot of um, regulation. So when you put out flyers, there was all these disclaimers we had to put on it. We yeah. had to submit all our designs. To uh, this like, like governing body, because you can't just like say you can't lie. You can't lie, yeah. but also you can't say you can't give away free stuff. You can't. There's like all this type of things you can't put to entice somebody to sign up for insurance yeah. policies, right? So it's highly regulated. So I knew their system. I knew all the agents. Well, I knew most of the agents. You know that were like reaching out. They were coming to the office. Yeah. I made friends with some of them. Um. Tell me this real quick. Was mm-hmm. any of them uh, named Agent O? No. <laughs> Agent J? James Bond? No. no, you know what, though? You know, like, I would say this. This is like a little side note. Like, you know, growing up, I think another part that I would say is, like, I grew up in Southern I was born yeah. in Southern California and raised in Southern California. And I love me some Mexican people. You know, it's, 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 I just grew up around them. And so this whole time, it's like, they bring me. T- I know this yeah. is like sounds so cle- like 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 stereotype, but it's not. The one dude owned a street taco company. Yeah. He's a he's an agent making money, but his him and his wife own like they yeah. making money over here yeah. making with their restaurant. He's always bringing me food. Um, they were so. Uh, I, I beat that boy. Um, <laughs> you better sit down. I know. I said get back over there. I'm gonna go sit down. I don't know why there's so much flying shits in here today. I don't even know yeah. what's going on. Spies? Maybe it's the weather changing. Right, it probably is. Could um, be the government. So we ain't talking about nothing here, government. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he talking about getting this. Get you. <laughs> He's not like that. But um, but yeah. So I think that's why they called me back. It was desperation because I think Victor. I think they had a fallen. 
Victor was going to be the dude. They didn't need me. Yeah, he was the guy. And then Victor said, bring back Demetrius. Because me and Victor were close. Yeah. He said, bring back Demetrius because I need some. I need help. That's what I think happened. I don't know if this would happen. But I, they probably went to a barbecue or something. And I think, to do it again. I just think yeah, him, just and, his, back on him and his uncle just had a weird relationship. They yeah. used to yell at each other in the office, and I'd be standing there like, like, Acting like, like you're typing yeah, something. Yeah, just be like so weird. <laughs> so, so long story short, I get back. I'm the man. I'm doing stuff. I can't find none of the files because Victor's or had a stuff files all unorganized. The printers break in. I'm back there. Learn how to fix the printer. Get getting uh, you know, and and it was one of those jobs you had to dress up. Yeah. You had to wear a suit. You had to wear not a suit, but you had to wear like a collared shirt. Yeah. Um. You had to wear like dress shoes. Like it, you couldn't be. So you get ink toner on. I'm every getting day. ink toner on my shirt. Uh, people coming in asking for where my flyers at. I'm getting. I'm here. Here's your box of flyers. I got to print our business cards, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because for number one, this is what this is this weird thing that happened. Henry started to like me. And Henry wanted to start a business with me. And it was, it was about a year, maybe like eight months before he hired me that second.